really and truly believe that this is it. Spirit is showing up. And, um, you know, like, once I get a building, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to have different classes. Like, I'm going to have, you know, because everybody doesn't get the therapy through traditional therapy, right? The therapy that they need. So some of us need dance. Some of us need, I think all of us really need to tap into our creativity in order to really get the full healing that we are seeking. So, um, you know, once I get a building, I want to do sound baths. I want to do dancing. I want to do art, you know, um, maybe journaling something, you know, but everybody heals their own way. And um, whatever works for you, stick to it. You know, when I first started, it was... It was mostly writing. I was just writing out everything that I had went through in my life, and um, that was very therapeutic for me. I still write all the time, but um, you know, I, I'm stepping more. You know, now that I'm t- tuning into my goddess energy, she that, that bitch creative. <laughs> like she is creative. You know what I'm saying? Like I have all these things that are just like coming out of me, and you only experience that when you truly tune into your divine goddess. And yes, men, you have a goddess inside of you. You are part feminine. Tap into her energy. Um, so before we get started, I kind of I got my reference material, so I kind of just want to go over. We might not get to the book today because we went a little bit ahead, um, a little after, but that's fine. But like your crown chakra is your nervous system, right? So if you are having issues with a lack of inspiration, confusion, depression, alienation, hesitation, or um, anxiety, severe anxiety. Your crown chakra needs a cleansing. Your throat chakra and your third eye are connected to your endocrine system, which is your respiratory, lymphatic. Um, And if you are having issues there, Uh, communication for the throat. Well, let's go to the third eye. Um, Lack of concentration, fear, um, cynicism, tension, headaches, eye problems, bad dreams, overly um, detached from the world. world. If um, your throat chakra is in need of clearing or cleansing, you um, communication uh, and or speech problems exist um knowledge and un, uneasy what the, ignorance lack of it's small lack of discernment depression thyroid problems um if you have um for the heart it's the cardiovascular right and the negative qualities of that are repression of love like you're scared to love um you're afraid to love because you're afraid to get your feelings hurt again emotional um instability out of balance heart problems circulation problems if your solar plexus which is right here up up under your diaphragm if um, that's the that's the lymphatic digestive system, right? So if you if you're having problems, um, 
you're taking on more um, than you need to. Uh, uh, you try to control everybody, everything. You got you emphasize on power and control. Um, you're angry. You fear. You hate, or you have digestive problems. Um, and then the the sacral chakra, right? The navel is what they're saying. Solar plex or sacral plex, sacral chakra. If that is, um, this is endocrine digestive, right? So if if you're having overindulgence in food or sex, um, sexual difficulties like loss of libido, um, impotence in men, um, a desire to possess, um, urine or bladder problems, and then your root chakra, which is your base, um, which is also the urinary, right? So if you're having, if you're self-centered, insecure, violent, greedy, angry, overly concerned with each physical, with um, your physical survival, uh, tension in your back or your spine, or you have constipation. So not cleansing these on a regular basis, like when you notice this stuff, right? Um, Damn, I meant to get the affirmations. I'll have the affirmations for tomorrow. I mean, I kind of know what they are, but, you know, if you're having issues, you want to make sure that you're cleansing these on a daily basis. When I first started my journey, I, I there's a really good one on um, YouTube. Um, I think it's called Chakra Diana, but it takes you through every single chakra and helps you to balance it. But that's what we're doing here. So... I switched up my stones. I got this labradorite because, I'm, I'm sorry, lepidolite. Because this one right here is very good for connecting with um, your higher self. I'm going to read some of the properties of it. Um, okay, so in the metaphysical world, lepidolite or lepidolite, some people pronounce it, lepidolite, is regarded as a stone of peace, calming, and balance. It is primarily related to the heart chakra, but also resonates with the third eye and the crown. So it's purple in color. Remember before I said that you can use pink or green for your heart. But this one right here, I sleep with this one. It's like on my nightstand, right? Because this one helps to keep you calm, and um balanced and it also i want to say that it it's it helps you like with um into your intuitive abilities um yeah so that lipidolite is often used in dream work um rebirthing and dream recall place near a pillow um beneath or place near or beneath the pillow before bedtime it may promote a restful sleep it is also a wonderful companion in meditation and prayer, promoting cosmic awareness and spiritual transcendence. So um, you, it's a really, it's also really, really good for anxiety. And I believe I just said that too. If you, your crown chakra, if you are like anxious, it did say it. Thank you, spirit. It did say severe anxiety when you're, yes, severe anxiety when your crown chakra is need, in need of cleansing. So a lipidolite is the stone for you i love 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 this stone um so we're gonna go ahead and get started um if y'all want me to go over the different stones i can um 
Azurite. This one right here. This is a little powerful something right here. This this thing's so small, but it is powerful, right? That's for your third eye. Let's see what Azurite says. Um, I, I picked that one up. That one has been really good. Actually, I think I got that from my training, to be honest. Okay. Azurite. Insight, intuition, inner vision. Um, metaphysically, the deep blue energy of Azurite is said to resonate exactly to the, to the frequency of the third eye chakra and to have guided souls from even the earliest of civilizations to enlightenment. Um, the ancient Chinese called it the stone of heaven. It has been believed to open celestial gateways, provide healing powers, and visionary insights. Um, so this is this this little. I'm telling you, it's so small, y'all can't even see it. This is a little powerful sucker right here. I love this one. This is like my favorite one for the third eye. And then today I'm doing blue. Uh, what is this? I think this is blue agate. Blue agate. Sorry, but. This one right here, yeah, no, blue appetite, yes. But um, this one is good for your throat chakra, right? Well, it's blue, so you can use it for third eye or throat, but I'm going to use it for throat today. But um, blue appetite enhances manifestation of ideas to reality and facil facilitates getting results. Um, let's see here. Um, blue appetite is a good stone to help balance the chakras as well as the energies of yin and yang. Um, <clears throat> blue appetite acts as a good balancer of energies, emotion, chakras, and subtle bodies, as well as the male and female aspects of the self. Blue appetite encourages openness and ease of social situations, a quality that makes it especially useful for autistic children. So again, this is very, very good for the throat chakra, but it also, it's, it, it's good for all of them, but we're going to use it today for the throat. Um, blue appetite can help to develop psychic gifts and connect the, use, the user to higher levels of spiritual guidance. Use blue appetite to deepen and maintain focus and meditation. Blue appetite can also initiate, stimulate, and or increase the development of psychic abilities such as clairvoyance and clairaudience. Use as a... At a physical level, blue appetite will focus healing energy on the body's systems, glands, meridians, and organs. And then, of course, we're using the sepertine for the heart. And sepertine is um, the medicine of the snake is considered magical, especially among ancient healers who use the sepertine crystal stone as an anecdote for deadly snake bites. In crystal healing, the sepertine crystal meaning harnesses powerful healing energy that works to create an energetic and protective shield around the body. Um, it's known for regeneration, luck, and healing, which is great for the heart, right? If you have um, trust issues and um, fear, you know, you fear, um, you fear love again, right? After being hurt. Okay, when it comes to health and happiness of your heart and soul, don't let a few snake bites in the garden scare off your inner child. Embodying the fire element, the snake energy found in sepertine heals snake bites on the physiological and psychological level, 
with the ancient wisdom of fighting fire with fire. The snake has known many moons and many bites, making it one of the strongest crystals and transforming negativity into a beautiful rebirth of the spirit. So that's Sepertine. I love this for my heart. And then Citrine, this is actually my son's, my son is a Gemini, and Cit Citrine is uh, good for Geminis, but it's also good for um, the solar plexus, and or you can use it on the sacral and the root. I prefer it on my solar plexus. And it's manifestation, um, mental clarity, and creativity. Um, so this is why we're using this. Um, this never needs clearing. It's a fire element. So, And then I use carnelian for my sacral. And um, it's creativity, sexuality, courage, and vitality. Okay? Um, let me see what it, what else it says. Oh, um, if you are a journalist, it may promote organization and form in your writings. If you are a singer or performer, consider exploiting it for its ability to clarify the voice and lend confidence. Um, so I got some notes here. A zest to live, harmful physical habits, negativity or self-doubt, helps with manifestation, cleanses other stones. It's a stone of motivation. So if you're lacking motivation, get you a carnelian. And then last but not least is my favorite. I love this stone, hematite. Like this is this is like my favorite, favorite, favorite stone. It's protection. It's all around my house. I got them in my window seal. Um, but it's for grounding, manifestation, and focus, right? And it is great for the root chakra it's also known for it it's a zodiac stone for aries it's a stone for the aries and aquarius zodiac um i love it love it love it love it this is like my favorite one like it is so powerful so so powerful um so it says those affected might also discover an increase in their courage willpower self-confidence and overall self-esteem Hematite is also regarded as a powerful grounding stone. Yes, I use this as a healer. I have to be grounded because I take on so many other energies in my practice. This helps me to ground and stay protected. from. It's kind of like a shield. So before I even take on a client, I'm using this as my shield, my protection. But it's a powerful grounding stone. Um, it seems to embody both the masculine and feminine energies, align the chakras, and balance the aura. See, balance my aura. I love using this in my healing work because, you know, when people come in with ailments and all that other stuff, you have to, have to, have to protect your energy. All right. So we are ready to get started. Again, if you do not have these stones, it is okay. You can use your hand. You just want to set the intention that you are cleansing your, we're going to start with the crown and go down. Um, you're cleansing. This The whole purpose is cleansing. We're cleansing our energy, um, stagnant energy. We're, you know, whatever ailments are affecting you, if you do not feel connected to divine source energy, if you are suffering with severe anxiety or depression this is a really good stone for that so um let's go ahead and get this bowl singing still don't look like it hold on don't look like it's flat there we go
hand on our third eye. If you have a blue stone, use your blue stone. Put it on your third eye. Close your eyes. And here's some affirmations. Our, I'm in tune. I'm tapping into my intuitive abilities. I discern the truth. We're going to move to the throat. Put your hand on your throat chakra if you do not have a blue stone. And some affirmations here as I speak my truth. I use my voice for healing and not harm. Speak up. 
token that frequency. Let it go slowly because you're releasing all that stuff. chapter 9 human magnet syndrome why we love people who hurt us because of prolonged abuse or neglect this child this child's negative behaviors will likely escalate in frequency and severity the cycle of acting out in punishment results in a perpetual double bind in which the child can never behave in a manner that would stop his emotional manipulative parents' abuse or neglect. Because the child's reactions to the parents' harm are naturally unpleasant, the emotional manipulator feels justified in her actions. Being trapped and not being able to behave in a manner that would stop her, his parents' abuse, the child has no other option but to behave as the parent expects angry, resentful, and often vindictive. This unfortunate child will spend his youth in constant fear and dread while unintentionally providing his emotional manipulator parent with distorted justification and rationalization for their harm. Uh -uh. Drew Keyes, author of Narcissist Exposed, 2012, writes on his lighthouse.org website, about the displeasing and disappointing child who identifies with their mistreatment. Keyes refers to this child as a scapegoat because narcissistic parents cannot accept personal faults. They spend their days trying to convince themselves that everything they do is perfect. When their personality causes distress within their family and their children's issues begin to reflect this, these parents are forced to make a choice. They must either acknowledge that they are making mistakes that are affecting their children neg negatively or they must try to convince themselves and others that the problems are coming not from themselves but another source. In their minds, by blaming another, they absolve themselves of any wrongdoing and they can continue to believe and strive to convince others 
that they are in fact perfect, but they must first have someone to blame. For defenseless children made to play scapegoat, the burdens of being labeled bad, no matter what they do, are heavy. The scapegoat soon learns he or she cannot win. There is no sense struggling to improve the family's opinion of them because that simply cannot be allowed to occur. In a desperate attempt to reduce their parents' active oppression and derision, the scapegoat succumbs to the roles of underachiever, troubled one, loser, black sheep, or troublemaker. This presents the parents with exactly what their mental disorder is making them feel they must have, an external object upon which to place blame so that they can continue the reassuring fantasy that there is nothing wrong with themselves or their family on the whole. In an effort to alleviate to some degree the distress of her narcissistic mother's wrath, the scapegoat eventually gives in and agrees with the family's assessment of her as inferior and worthy of blame. She internalizes the belief that she is inherently bad, worthless, and defective, and believes that everyone she contacts can clearly see this and will reject her as completely her family does. Wow, that sounds like me. Without warmth, acceptance, and safety, and unconditional love, this child eventually, eventually learns that she is essentially unlovable, unworthy, and that the world is an unsafe place. Humiliation, shame, and anger accumulate as she realizes that the abuse and neglect may never stop and unconditional love will never come. To temper the child's loss of hope and despair and to, and to survive her living nightmare, she will need a psychological strategy to protect her from the stark realities of her life. Such protection can be attained through the use of wide array of defense mechanisms. This child defends herself by the same defense mechanisms as with a person who was violently traumatized, example, by rape, war trauma, or witnessing a murder. Repression and disassociation, the brain circuit breaker. The human mind has distinct limits to how much trauma it can manage. Analogous to the previously mentioned circuit breaker analogy, the human mind has properties that protect it from experiences that are too painful and threatening to manage. Its virtual on and off switch or circuit breaker protects a person from what he is unable to process and subsequently store in short-term memory. Repression and disassociation are the primary defense mechanisms that help a person manage unbearable trauma. Repression is defined as the unconscious exclusion of painful impulses, desires, or fears from the conscious mind. When a when a traumatic episode is repressed, a person simply forgets that it ever happened. Disassociation is defined as the psychological experience in which people feel disconnected from their sensory experience, sense of self or personal history. And, and if you're feeling disconnected from your personal self, that is the crown chakra in need of cleansing. I know a lot of people say that, you know, you can't, you can't heal from narcissistic personality disorder. And I don't, I don't think that you, even with trauma, right? I don't think that you, that it's about healing. It's more about awareness, right? It's more about your triggers and how you, as a narcissist, treat other people, right? Like, if you are innately selfish, which most narcissists are, you have to watch how you're 
you know, you, you got to watch not to be, you know, not to be selfish. And I think that comes with regular therapy and regular cleansing of your chakras, right? Like, I think you can become self-aware. All of us can. I became self-aware of my codependent, my codependencies, you know what I'm saying? And, and when I feel like I'm stepping into that realm again, I have to, I have to put up boundaries. Because, no, I deserve equal give and take. And I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not doing the, the people pleasing anymore and the overgiving because, you know, people pleasing for women is fear, right? Not speaking your truths and not standing up for yourself and not having a backbone and letting people treat you any kind of way. But men are, like the masculine is the pleaser, Right? But even a healthy masculine is going to have boundaries. He's not going to be overly people-pleasing. You know, um, he's not going to be selfish, but he is going to have his boundaries. And you have to get to that place on that scale of a, um, you know, or two or under. You know, they say the ideal is zero, but, you know, I think one and a half is a great place to be. You know, I'm, I'm feeling very good in a one and a half, you know, because I can still support people and give to people without and still be able to receive right um but yeah you know it's i believe i believe we all can heal you know it's gonna take work um and that's the thing you know if you're not willing to work at it then you won't achieve it because it is it is it is a long hard road right and you have the times where you want to run because it's going to get hard. It gets hard. But the more that you continue to overcome those obstacles, the more healing you gain, the more growth you gain. So um, one of several forms of disassociation is to feel that one is looking down at oneself while the abuse is happening. Wow. Repression and disassociation are essential to the psychological survival of most trauma victims, especially the neglected and abused child of an emotional manipulator parent. Without these defenses, the child and the adult he will become will not only remember the trauma, but will also emotionally experience the, the debilitating shame, anger, loss of hurt, hope, and desperation that they experienced during the trauma. Because the resulting embarrassment, shame, self-help, safe self-hatred, neediness, and the expansive reservoirs of rage are too unbearable to accept, consciously experience. They are consigned to the dark expanses of the unconscious mind, locked behind iron-reinforced concrete walls of denial, resisting any attempts at expression or recovery. These repressed feelings and memories will only see the light of day through bouts of de deep depression, narcissistic rage, or with experienced psychotherapists. As a consequence of their traumatic history and the resulting psychological damage, these psychologically impaired children will grow up and become adults who are unable to create or sustain healthy romantic relationships. More specifically, their abusive and neglectful childhoods will manifest in a mental health disorder, notably one of the three emotional manipulator personality disorders. As an emotional manipulator, they will naturally be hyper-focused on getting their needs met first or being adept at getting others to meet their needs without feeling compelled to reciprocate. As narcissists, they will, they will be oblivious to any harm they cause other people. 
The childhoods of these emotional manipulators prove that only through a selfish and egotistic approach to others' relationships could they feel good about themselves. The ability to manipulate or exploit others combined with an exaggerated sense of their own importance helped them to survive their traumatic childhood. Forming healthy reciprocal and mutually reinforcing attachments is not likely ever to occur. As this future, and, and so, you know, a lot of emotional manipulators are, they, they don't want to be attached, right? They, you know, because it's great when you have a partner that you can be affectionate with and that you can cling to, you know, without being, without being overly attached, right? Because that's, that's codependency, but there's nothing wrong with being clingy and, you know, sometimes needing a little reassurance from your partner and, um, you know, wanting to be attached to your partner, but when when it, when they leave your life or when they want to do their own thing, you're like, oh, all right, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and then when they come back, you're like, yay, you know, they're back. <laughs> you know, like, and this is why it's so important for you to really have your own hobbies and things that you enjoy doing, and they're not your complete focus but they are your focus right like I've said this before they can be your everything without them being your everything right you absolutely can not really lose yourself in somebody but get lost in somebody like you don't have to lose your identity you don't have to lose who you are you don't have to lose the things that you love to please somebody else right but y'all really can get lost in each other and then come back out and be your own selves you know like I, I I think so anyway, you know. You don't have to give up what you love just to have a relationship. You don't. And if anybody is telling you to do that, then they're manipulating you. You know, if, if you were doing something and you meet somebody and you get in a relationship with them and all of a sudden they want you to change how you're doing it and what you're doing, baby, that's an emotional manipulator. That is somebody that is manipulating your emotions for their benefit. Get out of that relationship. Because a healthy relationship is not going to ever want you to change who you are and how you do things. They're going to support you regardless, right? As long as you're not stepping out on them or embarrassing them or not respecting them and valuing them, do your thing, boo. Because I'm over here doing mine. You know what I'm saying? So... That's emotional manipulation. No, you shouldn't have to give up yourself for somebody else ever. And if you ever find yourself in that situation, get out because that person doesn't genuinely care for you and love you for you. So, um, you always going to be their little project. Um, where am I at? Where am I at? <laughs> Oh, well, I might as well go ahead and stop then. Well, no, because I got to finish this. Where am I? Let's go. Forming healthy, reciprocal, and mutually reinforcing attachments is not likely ever to... Okay. As this future emotional manipulator whose will unknowingly follows the dysfunctional and harming path of the parents that created them. In a manner of speaking, they are cursed to follow in the very same psychological... Psycho... Pathological footsteps as the parent that abused and neglected them. I'm going to go ahead and stop there. We'll start tomorrow on the subject of nature of trauma. And I will make sure that I have affirmations for each chakra tomorrow. I will work on that because I've, I said I am um, putting myself on a social media limit. 
two hours a day, that's it. I'm going to post, you know, the stuff that I need to post. I'm going to get ghosts. I'm going to like people's stuff. But two hours a day is my limit now. I got too much stuff that I want to, you know, I got my, um, I got books that I haven't completed that I want to get out. And um, I want to uh, audition for some stuff and apply for some copywriter jobs. So I got to put my focus there, you know can't be focused on social media. I'm going to go on support my peoples and um, that's it. Two hour limit. Alright y'all. Thank y'all for being here. I appreciate y'all. I want you to go out. Have an awesome amazing and beautiful day and I will see y'all tomorrow at noon. Bye.